So we've just listened to the guys talk about how we approach speaking to our friends when you're worried that they're not okay or when you know for a fact that they're not okay. And I think we should also talk to a bunch of awesome women about their experiences. So I'm Maya. And I'm Claire. And I'm Steph. And so we're going to kind of have a little bit of a chat about all of this too, which I think is important. Um, so guys, I'll... I'll ask you, what what have your overall um, experiences with your mates been when they're not okay? Well, mine's been pretty varied uh, just because I have a huge range of different people who have had different issues and felt varying levels of comfort in coming to me and talking to me about stuff. Um, particularly, I've run a club before and a bunch of people will either come to me as a friend or come to me as, like, the person in charge of the club. And it's really interesting the different ways that people will present themselves when you're a different kind of... when you have a different relationship with them, um, depending on the issue as well and depending on how welcome you've made them feel and how how comfortable they are, I guess, with you. Um yeah, I would agree. I'm sort of the same in the sense of, like, um, in my professional world, I've experienced it. But also um, because of that, I think a lot of friends like to reach out and to talk to me because they think that I'm the right person or that I know then how to deal with it or things like that. So mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting the kind of people that you wouldn't expect to come talk to you that do end up coming talking to you. And on the whole, is it a certain sort of kind of person that that comes and approaches you or do you have people from all over your life coming to chat to you um I guess similar age group would be the main thing I don't necessarily have like um older people in the family and that sort of stuff wanting to talk to you unless it's like a one-off at a family event but Mm -hmm. um generally you find it's your friends and those that are around you a bit more constantly for me anyway um for me more often than not it's friends people around my age but I've actually had a couple of instances where some people at work, like, because I'm pretty open about the issues that I have uh, and positive mental health. Um, I've had a couple of people at work approach me and say, I'm really glad that there's someone else as well who can deal with this as well and, and that I know that you're there. Um, and it's, it makes the openness worth it, I think. Yeah. To mm-hmm. have those people come to you and mm-hmm. feel comfortable. Yeah, I think that's always a really interesting thing in being um, both sort of outspoken in a really healthy way and open-minded about our own experiences with mental health, if we have them, is that it allows us to have connections with all kinds of people that might be experiencing a similar thing. Have you Have you both... I mean, Steph, it sounds like you've had those experiences before. Um, do, do you find that it's sort of a a bit weird that mental health in a way can make us feel so isolated but then at the same time can kind of create these amazing connections with other people yeah Yeah. I think it's those friends that you least expect to come talk to you like you might hang out in a massive like a solo group of people on a weekend and then suddenly during the week someone who you don't really talk to maybe in that group might come to you things like that it's the people you least expect that then reach out and create kind of an interesting and really cool strong bond of a friendship yeah how much does that change a friendship when you suddenly have that extra layer of yeah all the stuff that goes yeah. on inside your mind. Yeah, I've had you know, friendships drastically change from being friends with people for six years. And you know when you have sort of quite a surfacey yeah. mm-hmm. friendship where you just you hang out, you're at the same parties, you know, you hype each other up on you know social media, but then they come to you and they go, actually, this is a thing that I'm experiencing in my life. 
I need help or can you just listen to me? I mean, I found that that really changes the nature of the friendship. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's, it's really weird how just like a single thing can just change it so drastically and so quickly. And you can, yeah, you can have a surface relationship for so long and then all of a sudden it's just like, I understand you on like this really deep level. We understand each other and there's this insane just connection. Yeah. And I think you find then going forward it's easier that friendship then becomes like this place where you can talk to each other and it sort of creates a nice space where you end up just naturally like wanting to talk to that person about if you're not feeling that great or something's not quite right yeah. with you that week and um, you end up confiding in them the most sometimes. Yeah, yeah for sure. Do you, um, do you find that, that there's any sort of particular things that are really helpful to say when, when somebody comes mm. forward and says that they've got a bunch of stuff going on? I think the key thing is like what I find is because you're a listener so I think what they're really sometimes just looking for is for someone to be there and listening to them and actually listening to them so not being caught up in like oh gosh I don't know what to say next oh gosh like I'm really worried about this person's come to me I don't know what to do I don't know what to do so if you're there and you're able to just sit and really take on board with what they're saying and you don't have to have all the right answers I think that's sort of the Mm. key I think they're just looking for someone to be your support network someone to just to hear them out, I think, is really important. Yeah. Um, I, I would definitely say, yeah, just making sure you listen to them. But also being aware that every person will have completely different situations, completely different things that they want to talk about and de- ways of talking about it too. Mm-hmm. Like someone could have so much trouble getting it out mm-hmm. and it's not your place to kind of get them to say it faster or... Um, put words in their mouth or anything like that it's they, they can take their time they're approaching you about it or or you're approaching them about something it's a thing that you need to just let them take their time to get it out when they can so we've heard a bit from Claire and myself but what about you Mike? I think I think something that's really helped me is remembering that like you said, we don't have to have all the answers. I've got a very problem-solving brain, so naturally I really want to go, okay, you've got a problem, let me step A, B and C and D to solve it all for you. And I think what I've learned over time um, is that that's often not necessary at all and is actually a little bit counterintuitive. People do just want to have, you know, somebody that they can talk to about what they're going through. And I found that being able to ask really open-ended questions and then sort of touching base um if somebody's come to me saying that they've gone through a bit of a rough patch touching base uh, you know over the next few days if they want to have a coffee how things are and then also being able to talk about a whole array of things other than mental health with them um has been really really helpful but that active listening thing of not trying to solve their problems and not trying to enforce your personal experiences on the person has always um been really helpful in my situations. Mm. I think what you mentioned also really important about following up over those next few days is really crucial too. Yeah. Because I think um, maybe some of the things you might have in those initial conversations, the person might come up with some really cool strategies or things that they might want to work on. Um, And then you can help 
build on that. So it might be really hard for them to maybe like implement some exercise into their day or something like that. If that's something they've identified that might help them feel a bit better. So if you can become a part of that, or even like you said, going out and getting a coffee because then it gets them out of the house and something like that. I think it's really important when you encourage those are positive coping strategies for people um, to get out and do the things that they think will make them feel a bit better with that extra support you're providing. Yeah, and these sort of coping strategies are obviously going to be different for everybody. You might have a friend that really what they need to do is actually just be able to get out of bed. If the one thing that they do that day is make their bed, have their shower and brush their hair, then being able to sort of celebrate that and and encourage that versus, you know, having a friend that can get all this stuff done even though they're having a bad time, I've also found is really Mm. interesting. You know, I used to think that in order for somebody to be on top of their mental health, either myself or that person would need to be getting everything done. But actually sometimes it's about being there for that person to say, like, well done, you're here here for today and that's sort of all that matters right now. Some of those big wins can be, like, the best positive reinforcement for that person because it makes them feel like they're actually doing some really positive things and things that they should be doing which is really awesome yeah and I've also found that um you know sometimes you'll have a friend approach you and there's sort of only so much you can you can help with you know you're you're not if you're not a psychologist or a doctor or a counselor or a psychiatrist and you don't have any sort of clinical information that you can really help that person with being able to refer them to somebody you've spoken to before or to websites and like online counseling has been really helpful the amount of times i have um sent friends to Headspace, mm-hmm. Beyond Blue, Lifeline yeah. um, is sort of countless. Like I, if, yeah. if sometimes it gets a bit much and I go, well, I can't help you with this, I just sort of pour them off to those services and that's always, I think, good for me to know that they're getting actual certified help yeah. as well. And still ensuring that they know that you're around still. You're just um, offering this extra support because you think that that professional is going to do a better job at helping them than what you think you can do. But you're still around to be that friend, to hang out with them, to be that social support that they might need in their life at the moment. Even on that note, um, not even necessarily making them see someone or, um, like, directly referring them to... uh, online support professional help but even just opening up that conversation that you know maybe they should think about going to see someone and just making that a little bit more of a casual conversation something that they're a bit more comfortable to discuss because I know tons of people who have come to me and they'd be like I don't need to go and see someone because that stigma around seeing a psychologist is I just don't need that or I don't want that But even just having that discussion a little bit more, saying you've been or someone that you know have been and it's been fine, it's just a matter of finding the right person and it's worth it type of thing. Like, yeah, you don't necessarily have to refer them on to somebody and say you have to go and see this person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And even being able to sort of go, well, look, let's... I can come you to the to the doctor to get a mental health care plan and then we can go out and we can have brunch afterwards. Mm. You know, being, being able to sort of... Um, kind of be there for the baby steps along the way. I've found that there have been a few people in my life that that's been really helpful for, to just know that there's somebody else there and and it doesn't have to be a big deal because I think the thing that we keep harping on about and Mm -hmm. what this whole podcast is about is that mental health doesn't have to be a big deal. So many people experience it and I think normalising that with um, the people in our life when they come to speak to us about their own head um, 
is really, really crucial. Mm. But I also find that it's crucial to sort of take care of, like, ourselves as well. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I know that both of you have had people in your life coming and chatting to you about their stuff. How have you maintained your own sort of well-being and mental health when you've had people close to you struggling? Yeah, so I guess on a personal basis, I just regularly see a psychologist for the sake of personal mental health. I think, think it's really important that you look after your head like you look after your body. So every couple of months I'll just go see my psych to have a chat. and just yeah. Even if nothing major is going on in your life, it's good just to check in to like talk it out because sometimes you don't realise you need it until you're in that room and you're like, oh, wait, I need oh, yeah. to like offload some of the stuff I've been carrying around. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really important to remember that when you're helping all of these people that you're also important. So if you're at any time uncomfortable with what the person's talking about or it might have like triggered something for you, something like that, being in tune to remember like, okay, I need to now like also look after myself and Mm. maybe Mm. refer them to another friend if you're finding it quite difficult to um, talk with them at the time because you're also not feeling that great and you find that it might spiral each other. I found that in the case where you just spiral each other on and it doesn't necessarily help either of you. Um, So yeah, I think that's sort of important, that that step. Um, For me, there's a couple of things. Um, I've had a few people constantly just almost using me as a psychologist and it can get really intense really quickly and you've just got to make sure that you have a, a, sh- a cut-off point and you're just like I I have mental health I have my own mental <laughs> health I have to take care of too um be supportive and helpful and all that but also it's really important to take care of yourself because you can't take care of other people unless you're okay as well and even in the short term because I find that seeing a professional can get a bit like you're having trouble now and you can't really wait to see a professional Mm -hmm. just doing small things like um listening to music that you really enjoy um taking the time out to just sit and drink like a cup of tea or something yeah. just mm. quietly by yourself if you really need to it's perfectly fine to take even a whole day and just just bomb around the house like it's yeah. completely fine if you need it that's absolutely fine yeah I guess we sometimes talk about it like in the analogy of like life jacket like you um put on your life jacket first when the plane's going down before you put on someone else's so if someone's coming to for you for help make sure you have your life jacket on first before you try and help them as well yeah yeah I wish I had known that earlier than I did because I used to really absorb people in my life's mental health when I was really really struggling and I remember that spiral effect of sort of you freaking out and that in turn freaking them out and it was really unhealthy and I remember I think I think it was actually like a family member of mine used that life jacket analogy and it's it's so true because you're only going to be in a worse situation if you're really not coping and somebody invests themselves in you and they're not coping. Like, yeah. that's just sort of a recipe for disaster. It's better if, if um, you know, you're in a good place to be able to give them enough help that's comfortable for you. Yeah. And being um, comfortable and confident enough in yourself to sort of say, this is where my help needs to stop mm-hmm. as well, I think is... Um, is an important skill to have because it's so easy if you care about the person to just take it all on and if you don't have a way of separating yourself from your stuff and their stuff it's it's 
can get a bit tricky, I find. I think it's also educational for the other person as well when you start that conversation of, hey, this is a bit much for me. They they can then see that there's limits to what people can take on and maybe there's limits to what they themselves could take on and yeah. maybe that's also what's adding to their stresses and how they're feeling at the time. So that could be another reason why. Yeah, for sure. I absolutely know that personally I took so long to figure out that there was a point that I just couldn't handle it and I just felt like I was being the most selfish person like I I couldn't help them anymore and I was taking time out for myself and I was like this is, this is selfish this is silly you know but it's not it, it's really not being selfish to take care of yourself so do either of you guys ever get more guys or more guys or more women talking to you about mental health or do you find that you get a lot of guys asking you about mental health or discussing their issues um for me my primary group of friends all tend to be male particularly throughout high school my all my friends were guys and um two of my best mates uh, are men and so um we often talk about about mental health um and it's it's weird because I find that a lot of my guy friends want to come and talk to me about their heads and I ask them um you know have you spoken to your other like the other dudes that you're friends with and 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 I find that there's this weird disconnect with men talking Mm. to men about mental health and men talking to women about mental health and I don't quite know why that is um but that's generally been my experience I would be the same like a lot of my friends who are guys I might not say like I have a pretty even friendship group but you tend to find that like they'll come to you you have a really deep chat and the chat will go on and it might be a couple of months go by and they might still be struggling with something and then they, it might come to this peak point where they're not really coping at all and I'm like have you even mentioned this to your best mate or something like that? have you mentioned to any of the guys because a lot of the perspective that I guess me as a woman can provide is slightly different maybe than what some of his guy mates might have been able to provide. And he was mm. actually like, nah, I haven't talked to any of them about it. And I found that really like interesting that no one, they weren't able to open up to each other about it, but yet yeah, he's been talking to me for months about it. I was very curious. Mm. What about you, Steph? Um, I can see the disconnect quite clearly. Um, Particularly in the workplace, I've noticed that when I speak openly about mental health, things like that, um, guys will come up to me and just talk about stuff or I can talk to them and it's pretty open. It's a very, like, two-sided conversation. Um, Whereas when I see guys interacting with other guys, it's still very, like, not surface level, but like mm. they're generally not as comfortable talking about the more important things, the things that go on in their minds. Um, and I can definitely see even like women talking to women at my work, or they will just happily talk about the issues that's going on and all the, the things that's playing on their mind and everything like that. And yeah, it's just a really strange strange and very clear distinction between men and women discussing their mental yeah. health. Mm. And do you guys find that they give you a reason for why they might talk to you more? Because a lot of the guys that I talk to sort of say, like, they just don't get it or they just don't think the guys will get it. It's sort of like their justification for why they want to open up to me more than some of their other friends. Yeah, I've definitely had a similar thing, but also that they're just looking... that, that they're, they're concerned that 
their guy mates really value um, sort of the front that they, they put up. And I find that even though they might have really deep um, friendships with their guy friends, a lot of the guys that I've spoken to have, have felt like they don't want to let their, their guard down, they don't want to sort of look like they're being weak. And, and then I sort of, you know, that prompts me to ask, well, what what is weak about talking mm-hmm. about mental health? Surely that's one of the bravest things you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's been what most men have said to me. Yeah. I think there is a bit of a shift, though. Like, i probably just bring that up for a sec, is that um, I guess having friends that are trained in this profession, that sort of stuff, the way they talk to all their mates is really awesome like they'll be at the gym and just like talking it out like about mm. how they're feeling for the week and if they're really stressed and like that's sort of the place that yeah. they find that they talk it out really well there that's amazing because it's sort of like this equal space where they're working on their body but they're talking about their minds sort how of thing. good so I, I think there is a shift coming through it's just yeah. slowly happening it's certainly something that I've seen and I have like major little high five moments when I've got guy friends who you know will start the conversation yeah. or who who would say, oh, I couldn't, you know, talk about this six months ago, but, like, actually I, you know, had this chat with my with my dad the other day and, like, that, that makes me so happy because I find that there's a really unhealthy but also changing stereotype that women talk to women about mental health because we're emotional and we're more in touch with our, our feelings and so we're positioned in a way where, you know, it's sort of expected that we talk about that. Yeah. Um, whereas for men, you know, there's that gross um stereotype that they have to be like the protector and hard and really strong and Mm. yeah and I guess what was really interesting in my scenario is like once you explain to them why don't you try reaching out to them it's like the person actually got what they were talking about and they were kind of going through a similar thing themselves so I guess it's pushing that sort of agenda of like it is important to talk to each other beyond just Mm. what we've got going on in our lives like your close mates probably understand you better than what you realise, even if it's a male, like, they probably also are going through a similar thing, possibly. For sure. Do, do you guys find that you ever speak to either female friends or male friends about your mental health, but it kind of gets sort of brushed off as being lesser or just sort of some funky emotions just because you identify as being a female? I absolutely have had that before, yeah. Um not particularly close friends because generally I can kind of tell when people are not going to take me seriously and I just won't associate with them that much. But if it's just like, um, again, I'm going to bring it back to like workplace things or someone who I just kind of associate with in my family or something like that um, and I just kind of bring up that I'm having issues, they might just kind of brush it off and just be like, but, you know, I, I'm not really comfortable talking about this yeah. or you're just a woman or all this sort of stuff and it can get really disconcerting, I yeah. guess. Yeah, I guess when I went through a really tough time last year, it was the family members that I found that were the most, like, didn't know how yeah. to talk about it, didn't know how to yeah. handle any of it, just freaked out and they were like, OK. <laughs> and, like, that was the end of that conversation. It's like, well, no, I'm, I'm reaching out to you. Like, yeah. I, I really feel like I want to talk about this. Whereas you're right, you tend to associate with close friends, I think, that you can have those really cool, awesome conversations with and sort of like-minded people. Mm. But it's interesting that I guess you can't pick family members. So the, the way they interact with people is a bit different, yeah. For sure, for sure. I mean, I've certainly had experiences similar. Um, but for me, it's I, I feel very sort of 
anxious and angry when I come to somebody to talk about my head and it gets brushed off as being like a, like we were talking about it before, like are you on your period kind mm. of thing. That is like mm. the biggest mm-hmm. kick in the ovaries yeah. I have ever felt. Like yeah. I do not want to be told that my mental health is because I'm hormonal. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find normally people don't do that if they've done it once because they tend to get a bit of a mouthful. But there are still those kind of shifty weird underlying ideas and I'm happy that they're changing because they undoubtedly are but I think it's um something that men also experience in that oh maybe you just you know, got a man flu or oh maybe you're just sort of stressed with you know study and they and they brush off like actual serious mental health stuff which I think is something to be wary of so yeah I guess um also something that I think about is like mental health days that people take at work like how do you find people respond to that and stuff like that because I feel like there's a massive stigma around like if you take a mental health day you're weak because you couldn't come into work that day but maybe you really really needed it and it could have made the difference to your week while you're at work I mean I can't really speak because I don't work in a in a sort of capacity like that Mm -hmm. but I do remember taking mental health days at school and um that is the probably one of the best things I'd ever done in my schooling. My parents were like, nope, if you need a mental health day, you can take a mental health day. Do your homework from from home, you know, email all your teachers. And that's something that I wish more school students felt like they were able to do because particularly with how full-on and intense school is, sometimes you just need a day to be at home and just do things from the peace of, you know, a safer place for you. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. Um, In terms of school, like, that's something that I think... I realise now, looking back, I never thought I could do. Like, I would feel terrible in, in terms of my mental health and not know what I could do and just be like, oh, I'll just push through it. And there were some of the worst days I've ever had mm-hmm. when I had a bad mental health day and I still went to school. And comparatively, like, when I went to school with the flu or something, it was actually a lot better, honestly, <laughs> for me. Like, <laughs> going going in on, on, like, low mental health levels is just shocking and particularly at work now now that I'm working um I've had this discussion with a couple of my workmates and they've done that as well Mm. they've taken off days just to just lie in a blanket at home and and just recuperate all their mental health because it's just yeah life is hard (laughs) if you yeah like how you're mentioning how you just if you try to push through you're feeling really low and I guess you're then unproductive so you think about in the workplace then if you have an employee that's feeling mentally not that great that day the amount of work they're going to get done and compared to if they stayed home took that day off and then came in the next day is like completely different Mm. so I think um yeah I guess the discussion around mental health days would be interesting to see whether that changes in the future or not Mm. because I think a lot of my friends just have that guilt factor of like if they like they do take that step of sometimes taking that day off but then the whole day they feel like they're being judged at work by the fact that they were weak by having to take that day Mm. when really it's just like taking a sick day you needed it to make Mm. yourself better for the whole workforce. I know even me personally just like hearing the term mental health day just kind of makes me feel a little bit like oh, that's not really a thing, you know, mm-hmm. like, you shouldn't really do that. But I do, I do do that. I take the day off if I really need to. But just, like, the whole idea of not being what people socially think is sick or unwell yeah. physically um, and taking a day off even though you're physically okay, um, yeah, it, it, I think it's important to make sure that you do 
Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's sort of what we're just reiterating is that it is important to take mental health days, especially when you feel like you're needing it. And maybe it is when you're trying to help a friend through a tough time or things like that. And you just need that extra day to like take time for yourself so then you can help them better in your spare time. Yeah, exactly right. I think the other really interesting thing worth considering is like, do you guys tell your employees that you are taking a mental health day? Like sort of prompting them to then sort of check in about how your mental health is, bringing it back to keeping that conversation going about looking out for each other or are you just do you just take a sick day yeah I guess the examples I have are not from my own personal experience but the friend I was talking about last week that took the sick day um took it as a sick day not a mental health day because she called in and said she had a migraine when really she the migraine was that she woke up and just really could not go into work that day um whereas and I think that's because of the workplace she's in where it it's um high pace and there's a bit of like pressure to always be there otherwise everyone's let down things like that um where she felt like if she went in she wouldn't be able to do the job that she should do whereas on the other hand I've had a friend who does take mental health sick days because the company is really pushes for that to really ensure that their employees know that um if you're not feeling that great you don't need to come in and if you do a little bit from home that's great otherwise just take the whole day off and we'll just try again tomorrow I guess because if you feel like you need that day then that's really important oh that's know. amazing yeah they're really that's... really cool wow that I'm is so glad good. I'm so impressed company. wow yeah um at my work I I think generally the people at my work are pretty open and happy for me to take a mental health day but um I generally won't talk about it as I took that day off for my mental health I might discuss it with uh, other people at work or maybe my manager like the following day or down the road and just say I've been having a really tough time with my mental health but I won't specifically say I took that day off because of my mental health I'll just be like yeah I'm having a I'm just not feeling well today type of thing Mm. yeah and do you think that's because you don't want to feel that pressure on that day or something that might be associated with that? Is there sort of a reason why you might lean towards that and then talking about it when you're back in the workplace? Or I feel like it, it might be a little bit because I can have a bit more of a discussion about it as opposed to just saying I just had a mental health day yeah. off. Um, whereas if I can actually physically talk to managers or people in charge or even just co-workers mm-hmm. and just kind of have that open back and forth about it and if they don't understand why I took that off, then I can just be like, well, this is kind of where my brain was at that day type yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. I guess that's also the important thing is like you're probably you're taking that mental health day because you're not feeling that great so you then don't want to have to defend yourself or have to fully explain it beyond then hey I just need the day off work today and then when you're back into work you can talk about it a bit more when you're feeling a bit better yeah exactly Mm. I think all the points that we talked about today were really really interesting and I hope that you guys have enjoyed listening to the guys speak before and then to us having a bit of a chat I think what we've sort of taken away from this whole conversation is the importance of looking after your friends but above all our little life jacket analogy (laughs) of of taking care of yourself whether that's cutting off conversation where it gets really tricky for you whether it's taking a mental health day whether it's um, encouraging people to seek out resources and other people and supporting them on a journey that might be able to get them feeling better quicker you know, I think all of those things are super important to be to be mindful of because you're just as important as, as your friends when they're not okay. Yeah, completely agree. Awesome. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Bye.